Well, despite a big jump in confidence in the conference board numbers for the U.S., there's not much optimism in the markets today. Is it the election? Is it the virus? Is it the fiscal stimulus or lack of it with the Heroes Act in the U.S. looking less and less likely? We'll look at all of that. Well, what can we read from the fall in oil overnight and Brexit? Yes, sorry. We're going to talk about that. And quite a few numbers out today as well. Ahead of that election debate in the U.S. in a few hours, it's Wednesday, the 30th of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, yesterday's boost in equities in the United States was very short-lived. Uh, the uh, All three indices down today, the Dow and S&P 500 down 0.2%, a little less for the Nasdaq. In Europe, the FTSE 100, because uh, that's still in Europe for now, uh, 0.5% down. The US dollar is falling again, down a quarter percent on the DXY. A big day for the Aussie dollar, though. It's up 0.9%. The euro is up 0.6%. The pound, a quarter percent up. Bonds still not moving much. One basis point fall in uh, 10-year treasuries. Big deal. Two or three points off yields across much of Europe, though. And oil, uh, we'll talk about that today because WTI and Brent both down uh, around 4% today. WTI struggling to get back over uh, $40 a barrel. And the Lone Ranger returns uh, after exploring uh, COVID lockdown zones in <laughs> Wales and southwest England. Uh, NAB's director, economics for markets I'm in back, London. I'm back. He's here, David Garrett. David Garrett, welcome back. Um, so, uh, Thank d- you. Um, so yesterday, the confidence was pretty short-lived, wasn't it? Uh, and um, when I try and find out why we've got this about turn, all I can see is sort of like maybe it's the realization that the the fiscal stimulus in the United States, the so-called Heroes mm. Act, is is probably not going to happen. It was also, mm. you know, more bad news on the virus. But none of this is yeah. new news, is it? Not really, Phil. Um, I think you know you've got things like the oil price, which you mentioned. We'll talk about in a couple of minutes. So you know, obviously that's weighing on energy stocks today. Mm. You've got the lack of uh, any great move on. Um, on the fiscal package in the US, but that's not a particularly new story, is it? That's been going on since really, what, the end of July. And they're um, still talking. So Nancy Pelosi <laughs> and uh, Steve Mnuchin supposedly did talk for 50 minutes today, and yes. they're going to talk again uh, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so it's yes. not it's not dead. But, I mean, it's, it's like a the, the spending gap between the two of them is about is like a trillion dollars, you know. And I remember the days when a trillion dollars well, was a lot of money. But <laughs> Uh, Larry Cudlow was saying today, you know, their numbers are not right. They're they're probably a bit conservative and the Democratic numbers might be more like um, 2.7 trillion rather than the the 2.2 trillion that uh, Nancy Pelosi has been saying. But Mm. uh, anyway, the the bottom line is they still haven't struck a deal. But uh, you would think that it would have been... Uh, the White House would would want a deal to be struck, you know, to settle markets down. If that is playing into that story, as far as stocks are concerned today, yeah. So, what about on consumer confidence? We had the conference board number. I found this a little bit mm. bizarre. Really knocked the lights out, mm. seemingly, from eighty six point yes. three in August up to one hundred and one point eight. Seems a bit yes. unlikely, doesn't it, given the virus and all the election uncertainty and everything yes. else. And we had, yes. and, and then compare it with the University of Michigan sentiment reading, which you know went from seventy four point one to seventy eight point nine, which was a much yes. mild, milder yes. increase. Yes, uh, you know when you looked at the actual, as you said, that bounce from eighty six point three up to one hundred one point eight, and the expectations were ninety. It was a mm. pretty chunky read, but might be one of those cases where Phil, where the level is just as important as the change. You know, we, we often talk about this. So 101.8 compares with like, you know, 132.6 back in February. So consumer yeah. confidence is still very, very low in the US. 
and uh, even the jobs plentiful index went from minus 2.2 to plus 2.9, but that was plus 32.6. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's the jobless claims. That's the employment situation that's telling you. So it, it plays very much to the still the fragility of the U.S. consumer. Um, and, and, of course, that's where the fiscal package comes in as well. Well, yeah, if if it happens, which it, which it does seem very unlikely, of maybe course. maybe also people have been listening to uh, to John Williams from the Fed because he's been out today saying he's not worried about high levels of debt, he's not worried about inflation, he's not worried about asset bubbles, he's not concerned about the falling dollar, and he expects the US will be able to uh, continue to see a pretty strong economic recovery for the rest of this year and next year. So there's some positivity for you. Well, uh, well, uh, well, I hope that's right. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, you know, the fiscal package is important for industries such as airlines, which, of course, have had support up to now. And um, just just reading a report today, Phil, that uh, that support is going to run out at the end of this month, which happens to be tomorrow. Mm. So uh, that's increasing the pressure on Washington as well. And, of course, you've got other, you know, a lot of the uh, entertainment industries and so forth. They're yeah. still finding the going very, very tough around the world. Well, airlines aren't bouncing back, that's for sure. I was looking at, uh, so Flight Radar 24, they track mm-hmm. all commercial aircraft. They the, the low point for the number of flights uh, worldwide, this is, it was a quarter of the number of flights uh, yeah. in April, over April last year. By August, it was up to 55% of flights. But that has flatlined since August. And bearing in mind, of course, that's flights. So these planes are probably flying, you know, half or a third empty. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, so it's hard to – and maybe I'm wondering whether this is part of, you know, one of those numbers that's a sort of a realisation about why we're seeing oil down so much because it's hard to see a big leap in yeah. demand for oil if we're not going to see much extra demand for airline fuel. No, no, ab- no, absolutely. And that's really the big discretionary part of, um, you know, oil demand. Um, so you know, if you look at the reports on today and what people were – saying in the market, um, you know, it happened to break down and it broke down through a 100-day moving average level. So it seemed to be mostly technically driven on the day, but the sort of information you're talking about there, Phil, certainly that is not bullish for oil still until mm-hmm. we can see a bit more clarity on, um, you know, international borders being more open. And, you know, there is that pent-up demand for tourism, but um, we've had a very stop-start um, process uh, still going on right now. So, I mean, one number that we did pass in the last 24 hours, but again, you know, no surprise, we knew it was coming. It's not a particularly pleasant number. One million is the number of fatalities mm. globally now from, from the virus. We knew that was yeah. going to happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, f- for the United States, the number of infections and fatalities is, is not really going down. And we've got the colder weather starting. So that's probably playing on markets as well. People are going to have to start eating in restaurants. That's going to make things worse. In fact, New York cases, uh, 1,189 in a day, up from 834 the day before so these numbers are really are not going down and then spain imposing more restrictions on on movement the uk yeah, is probably yeah, going to step yeah. up restrictions too you might be stuck it in your, so. your house soon in in london uh, and uh, france cases today 8051 up from 4000 the day before and deaths creeping up as well these numbers are not looking good anywhere no 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 they're not so just as you said it's been I mean, the the the, the, uh, the expectation out there is that uh, the UK government will tighten restrictions further mm. um, beyond just closing pubs at ten o'clock at night. Um, so it seems a matter of when that will occur, rather than if. And as you said, there, it's not just a UK story; it's beyond that. So um, 
you know, we've got this, you know, approach to the virus. Well, it's, it's still all about the yeah. pandemic, isn't it? So, um, and what that entails for markets. Well, a useful diversion, obviously, is uh, Donald Trump's tax return. Joe Biden, incidentally, mm. has released his tax return. The Bidens mm. paid uh, 300000 in tax in 2019 uh, on an income of about a million. Uh, so he ends a bit. They were making, uh, the Bidens were making $11 million, uh, a few years back. Uh, so the uh, the public sector pays incredibly well uh, in the United States. And uh, it, just in readiness for the debate today, the New York Times is now focusing on Donald Trump, how he made his money. They're saying uh, he got paid $197 million for appearing on The Apprentice, uh, Apprentice, but he made $230 million from the fame associated with that, doing uh, uh, commercials for dishwasher powder and all that sort of stuff. That's what we're getting wrong. Get a gig on TV. That's where we're going wrong, Dave. We need to be advertising dishwashing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Anything at all uh, to earn an extra quid, uh, maybe. Look, um, that uh, that debate today, is is it going to play on the markets in any way, do you think? I think the market's starting to really focus in on what the election might mean, Phil. Mm. So in in, in different ways. So, I mean, in terms of the, the two candidates, two sides, uh, whether there's a clear result, um, will the incumbent say, yes, you won and uh, vacate the White House? All those issues are still in the market's mind. Um, the trade issue, uh, tax levels, um, will, how quickly will we know a result with so many postal votes? So there's a lot of moving pieces there. So what we do expect is that, you know, I think there will be more elevated levels of volatility into, into the election. So, um, so, so, all polls at the moment are suggesting towards Biden, but uh, mm. we've seen polls before, haven't we? And there's still a month to go. There's still a month to go, and there's three election debates. What if Trump does really well, and all of a sudden the polls turn around? Is that going to be positive for the market? Is that going to be seen as a good thing for the markets? Well, in terms of um, the Republicans' you know policies generally on lower tax, I mean, Mm. obviously investors like that story, but of course on trade policy. You know, they've been extremely forthright. So that doesn't help from a volatility point of view. And it probably in the short term, at least, doesn't help the US economic growth story either. So there's pluses and minuses there as far as, um, as far as, you know, Republicans versus Democrats concerned. And of course, you've got all the other issues. You know, the, the, the Democrats have got a quite a, str- a strong reform agenda. But of course, to do that, they need control, not just of the White House, but of course, of both houses of parliament and uh, the senate seems like a pretty close race right now. So Brexit, anything on that today? Obviously, the uh, the, the the ninth and final round of talks have, have kicked off. I read that yeah. the the UK delayed its budget because they uh, not because of the virus, which is what they said, but because they didn't want to include any numbers uh, that might relate to EU tariffs. Whether whether that's true or not, <laughs> uh, we've also got politicians voting again on the internal market bill, which could overwrite yeah. some of the withdrawal agreement, which obviously will upset uh, the EU a well, little a little bit. Yeah, well. The- there was that story today that the UK, the, the story from um, an unnamed source with knowledge of the matter, you know, that very reliable source. <laughs> I know him, yeah. Uh, the UK sending five new trade deal drafts, you know, legal documents, in other words, the EU to try and progress unblocking the talks. Right. Now, if that's right, then uh, maybe we're getting we're starting to get a little bit closer yeah. Um, you know, because these were supposed to be the last talks this week before they go into the tunnel and then work on the documentation to get all that nutted out. 
So mm. maybe we'll, 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 if that report is right, we might hear a little bit more about that and right. initial reactions to that from so, the European side in the next 24, 48 hours. Right, interesting stuff. So here's five agreements, pick one, that sort of thing. Look, uh, retail sales for Germany for August today, unemployment for September for Germany as well, inflation or lack of it for France. We get building permits for Australia, industrial production and, and retail sales for Japan. We get occasional manufacturing PMI for China. And we get lending oh, yeah. and credit card numbers from the RBA at uh, 11.30 this morning as well. So there's a few numbers out there. Absolutely. I think for for, uh, for the Aussie dollar and Australian market, obviously things like uh, the RBA credit numbers and building approvals will be important, but I think the Chinese growth story will, will be what the market's focused on, expecting those manufacturing and uh, non-manufacturing numbers to be pretty similar, mm. you know, still comfortably above 50 in both cases. Yeah, they do seem to be uh, growing out of it quicker than anyone else, that's for sure. Good to talk. Good to have you back. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here, Phil. Speak soon. And sorry we uh, had to do that over the phone. But, uh, Dave may be back from his holidays, but his computer is taking a while to readjust to uh, working again. That's it for the morning call for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.